Welcome to podcast number 41. As ever, I'm your host, George, joined as I am all the time by Louis and Lewis. Uh, we're talking Eastern Conference and who to look out for in the bubble. So, guys, who are we going to talk about first? What team? Are we going to go in reverse order? We're, we're going to go reverse order, yeah. We're going to go from bottom up. So, we'll start with the Washington Wizards. Does anyone want to take the floor? Um, I mean, I don't see the point in them going, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there was a little... I mean, they'd have had to have been near enough perfect anyway to get to false within you know four games to force that playing tournament mm-hmm. um but it looked a bit shaky when davis batons the second leading scorer yeah. uh he, he said he's not going wants to protect uh, he's got a free agent this summer wants to protect his health and all that mm-hmm. and then it took an even <laughs> a mighty shade worse this week when a uh, bradley bill who was a uh, I think a little bit on the fence when we d- recorded that last podcast about cutting, but now he has confirmed that he will not be attending uh, the Orlando restart. He says that he's been carrying a, a shoulder injury the entire season, uh, entire season, sorry, and uh, he just wants to rehab right now. Which um, I, I don't know about you two. I'm not sure if I entirely buy that. Uh, yeah, me neither. It's been a long period of time for him to get that, you know, that shoulder back and healthy for this restart. I think it kind of confirms a fear that I sort of voiced last week that maybe some of the teams at the edges here are not really caring too much about what this season holds, you know, what what it looks like at the end of the day. So quite frankly, they are an, e- a, an easy dub for literally anyone going against them, I feel like. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially with the Wizards, those concerns will definitely come through for you because... Mm. They do have the worst record of any of the teams that head into Walt Disney World. Yeah, they're five and a half games back from the Magic, so it's even if they did have their full strength team going, it would be very unlikely they got to the playoffs or forced that playing series anyway. And now, now that they're missing out some key players, it's just yeah, as you said, for fodder. Yeah, I think for the rest of the people, I think there was a possibility if those players did come because. I think we'll, like these sort of eight or so regular season games that they're going to play. I think the situation is quite ripe for upsets. I think there will be a couple games where we're like we didn't expect that. You know, it's kind of completely against mm. the run of play uh, because it's just like everyone getting back into fitness. You know what we've seen with the Premier League and that. And yeah. um, so I thought there may have been a potential there because they don't need to you know catch up to the uh, the Orlando Magic in terms of wins total. They just had to get within four games. Yeah, so um, one and a half up from what they're at in the moment, exactly. which is which is very much doable. But even with that, I still would have yeah. bet against them to do it. And as you said, people being concerned about their own well-being. You know, if you do see yourself being as far back as they are, you know, a, a lot of them, I assume, I know that you said Bradley Bill has the injury, but it could be other things, mm. came to the decision, you know what, it's more beneficial to me to look after myself. Um. I want to pose a question to you two now because I, 
I don't really have much more to say on their prospects here because a lot of yeah, me both they are fodder. But uh, Bradley Bill had a great, great season, uh, historic season, in fact. I mean, if you look up the numbers and such, he's he's on some pretty uh, good. What's the word I'm looking for? Good surrounders. I mean, he's got some good players in terms of the statistics he put up. But um, so he's a lot of a, a much better player, I would say, than when John Wall got injured. It was a long mm-hmm. time ago now John Wall got injured. And they'll be going into next season with Bradley Beal and John Wall both healthy, both fit. And then they've got Rui Hachimura, the lottery pick this year. He's not been amazing, but a project, I would say. And then they've got another lottery pick this year, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of their prospects next season, would you say? like, What is their ceiling? I, I, I still think they'll be languishing around the same place they were this year which is towards the lower end of the playoffs maybe maybe they'll move up a place or two but i don't i don't really see them being anything better than the 748 seed personally uh it, it's all dependent on what john wall you kind of see back i think i think that's going to be a big decider if the team's going to be able to kick on and, and really move up the rankings but yeah i can't see i can see them kind of vowing around i mean if you look at the eastern conference the nets aren't going to be Seventh next year, they're going to be much higher. Mm. They're going to be they're going to be pushing McKady and Kyrie. Um, I don't see the seventy sixes being as bad as they were this year again. Yeah. Um, I think the Heat will get better. I think the Raptors might drop a little bit, but I also thought that this year, and then they proved me wrong. So, mm-hmm. um, I th- I think that they'd be quite happy with the eighth seed for the first year of them coming back, and then they can look to build on it. But they their aim their aim will be as always is to get to the playoffs as all the teams will. But that's what I think. I think it's quite realistic for that Wizards team next year, mm-hmm. providing obviously none of them get injured again. I mean, I think you'd be fairly disappointed if they had a similar season to this one. If you know you get John Wall back, who, admittedly, you know he gets criticised a lot. He's kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. But before he got injured, a couple of seasons before he got injured, really. Um, you know, he was an all-defensive guy, an all-NBA guy, a very hard guy to guard, one of the best two-way guards in the league. Um, I think they're expecting to be, you know, maybe challenging for a top six with those two. I mean, whether that's realistic or not, I'm not too sure. But I think if they're, if they're like, in a situation like they are now, they'd definitely blow that up, in my opinion. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that that's the question is... Mm. Uh, you look at the organization organization you say what is their goal is their goal to be in those lower seeds in the playoffs if so you know this they'll probably be uh, they won't be thrilled with what they've got and what i think they'll probably do next year but they, they might be content or do they want to aim higher in which case then yeah i don't see any other way of doing that than blowing the team up uh, I think that I don't. I mean, I don't really want to talk too much about the Wizards on the, the restart because it's pretty redundant yeah. that they're there. But I think this would be a good time for them to play some of their kind of younger players, um, mm. players that would necessarily be shipped off to a G League, because sometimes that there is someone in there that just needs a little bit of a start, like take Fred VanVleet or um, who's the young guard that was at the Warriors, and then Quinn Cook, for example, when he came through and Steph was injured. So there are there are potential for players to be born out of these scenarios. Um, so I think that whilst it's not necessarily it's kind of redundant in our eyes in terms of the playoffs, it's not. I, I, I'm I'm kind of happy that they're going because they're showing some intent that they want to compete, and and I hope it's a way of them trying to use some of the youth players in their kind of setup rather than just going and just playing out some kind of mediocre. Yeah, I'd like to see. 
So hopefully you can kind of see someone that's a, a little bit of a rising star that just gets his chance and then, you know, mm. you never know what could happen for next season. So, um, but anyway, let's, let's move on to, to kind of the home team, if you would, for this yeah. kind of area. Um, the Orlando Magic currently up, what's their record now? I think it was 30-35, I think. 30-35, mm. yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Magic coming back? The Magic's a bit of a bit of an odd one, I think, because first of all, there's a lot of ambiguity at the moment over Jonathan Isaac and whether he'll be back to play or not. He's going, he'll be in the bubble with the team, but it, it, we still don't know whether he's going to play or not. I don't think with that after that nasty knee injury. So that that if he doesn't get back in time, that that'll be. Uh, not you know he's obviously not one of the star players, but it'll be a big miss for them. He is he is quite integral to that team. Uh, um, so go on. I mean, the Orlando Magic are probably the most uninteresting team I think out of these you know these Eastern Conference teams that we're going to talk about here because I mean the way they're set the way the roster is constructed is just it's not good mm. enough. Like offensive, I mean defensively yeah. they're pretty decent. But offensively, they can't get anything going. In yeah, I'll say a few things about that quickly, just to, mm. just as a side note. In the final month before the coronavirus came and stopped the season, they actually had the best offensive rating in the league. Mm. So they they were picking it up towards the end, but obviously now that momentum will be stopped due to the virus. Yeah. So yeah, well, what to what comes up now, I don't know. I think the biggest problem for them is that. Where, wherever they move, you know they have they could have some movement. They could overtake the Nets, who we'll get on to later, and you know, they might for certain reasons. But they're likely to face one of the Bucks, Raptors, yeah. or Celtics, and there are combined zero and nine against them this season. So whatever happens, it's looking like a first round exit, unfortunately. Yeah, they are fodder. They are fodder. I mean, you mentioned Jonathan Isaac; he's a player that I do really like as well. Um, a player I'd like to see get this sort of airtime, get that sort of shine, really. But um, other than that, there's not too much about this team that really interests me or think, oh, he could turn into something. I know Aaron Golden, I feel like he's limited there, but I don't think it's going to happen for him in Orlando, really. Mm. I think I feel like he could reach his potential if he moves somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mo Bamba is another one, or Bam... Yeah, Bamba, I suppose that's the way, the, the American way <laughs> of saying it. Um <laughs> But other than that, like I said, they they can't get their offense going because their spacing is all messed up. They've got so many big guys. They've got a point guard who could. Yeah, I'll say Fournier should be back from his elbow yeah. injury, so that'll be a small. It'll be a them. decent boost. I mean, yeah. they got one game against the Raptors last year, which was quite quite nice. But yeah, that's about it. That is about as the seeding of this team, really. Yeah, looking at that Raptors playoff scene, the one thing I will say I might look for a little bit, even though I don't expect them to do anything in the playoffs, is just to see how Vucevic performs in that first round yeah. of the playoffs, if, as we expect, they make it, and the Wizards don't cause a massive upset. Because <laughs> Vucevic had a very poor playoff series against the Raptors, so maybe he'll pick it up in that one series. How, but how much how much that tells you, I don't know. But it's, it'd be nice to see him do a bit better than he did last year. I mean, yeah, just... Uh... The only, I mean, the Magic are a bit for me in this again, not as much as the Wizards, obviously, but um, these these seedings are pretty much set. I think you can maybe have some wiggle room between a few of them, but the top eight teams are going to all make it. I think it. they'll overtake the Nets. I think they will do. I think they'll overtake the Nets as well. Yeah. 
I mean, just crazy just... things have happened, but yeah, as you'd go off of on the squad that's going out there, then you can yeah, yeah exactly. But, which we'll um, the, the, the main thing for the magic is just all around if Jonathan Isaac's going to go and if he's going to be there. So um, it's more of that. That's that's kind of it for them. Will he, will he return for the playoffs? So, um, but anyway, so let's move on to uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Currently sitting in the seventh seed, thirty thirty four. So just one less win than the Magic. Um, but unlike the Magic, they actually don't have a team going. At the moment, <laughs> yeah. Out with so um, a bit of a tough break for Brooklyn, but it is what it is. Yeah, a total of seven of the Nets players aren't making it. And obviously the big names are KD and Kyrie Maney, but then you've also got no Spencer Dinwiddie as well. I will say, though, whilst that means that they're most likely going to do, you know, they're not going to do a lot, they they still will probably get that final playoff spot, in my opinion. I don't think Washington are going to be nah. able to, yeah, 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 to, to push them. But the one, the one interesting thing maybe for the Nets organisation and for people watching, is they'll have a chance to evaluate a lot of new players coming in. So, for example, Crawford, Beasley, Tyler Johnson, Justin Anderson, these are all players they've signed recently because of the net, uh, so many Nets players not playing. And that will give them a chance to prove, uh, just the, the players this is, that will give them a chance to prove whether they deserve to, to have a contract next season in the NBA. And it might give the Nets a chance to find someone that would maybe that they like the look of and would put in their team for next season. Mm. Yeah, it is all about preparing for that next season. That's what this entire season really has been about for Brooklyn. I feel like um, uh, on mention of the sort of role players you said, I think the one guy who I would like to see them empower, give the ball because he's the best player that they've got going there is Karis Avert. Yeah, um, he was looking pretty impressive before the season got suspended. You know. In the month mm. I got here in the months of February and March, he averaged 23 points, five assists, just under five rebounds, and 1.6 steals a game. And he also obviously had that huge 50-point game against the Celtics. Uh, if you remember that, just before the, the uh, season got suspended, um, he's a guy that I have always really liked. I think he translates quite well to like playoff basketball, just because he mm-hmm. he can get where he wants. Um, pretty twitchy, sort of handle. Uh, Hard to follow around, basically. Good shooter as well. Um, so that is about it again. Well, it's getting a bit, you know, repetitive with these lower seeds in the Eastern Conference, but that's how it is because the Eastern Conference is so poor. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say, as I said, we're evaluating the new players we brought in. It yeah. is also a chance for those players that are going to mm. prove that they belong or have yeah. a place in the next team for next year. So. It might I mean, be an important moment for the players more so than the franchise itself, but the franchise I mean, team has yeah. made those decisions. If you were left off of Kyrie Irving's famous list after that game they lost, <laughs> you know the one until he's like, oh, yeah, you've got to find the right guys to put behind these specific players. <laughs> mm. Left a couple guys off. If you're not on that list, maybe now's the right time to prove it. I think Joe Harris was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Well, I mean, Harris is, Harris is going to be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. Yeah, anyway, so I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think he'll be at the Nets next year. So you not? Um, no, I don't think he will be. I don't think he yeah, will. Yeah, I'd, I'd add as a final note as well. Even if Brooklyn somehow do miss out and Washington overtake them, they keep their first round pick <laughs> next time rather than sending it to the Timberwolves. So even that's not the end of the world. So I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a it's a no win situation, which is quite rare in these kind of days that you can't really find any kind of sort of silver lining. The only thing that you're going to say is that 
like you said, you mentioned on Levert and you mentioned I don't know if you mentioned Alan, but um that they oh, get yeah, a little yeah, bit of post actually. they get they get some some postseason experience. That's that's mm. probably the only thing for it. So mm. um but yeah, it's it's a bit of um a bit of tough tit situation. Well, I will say the is, uh, they need to check out that facility that they were at if that many people have uh you know got the disease at in, yeah, in that short amount of time. A, yeah, I think it's a bit more wild in America than it is over here in the UK. In New York, so, especially, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure that the correct procedures are being implied now that after half their mm. squad goes down. So, um, but anyway, moving on. So, um, in the what I would never have suggested that I would would end up saying in the in the sixth <laughs> seed of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and now, I mean, I don't know what you kind of are thinking where the Sixers going out there. Obviously, I. It was quietly thrown around on Twitter of Joel Embiid rocking up in a in his hazmat suit, hazmat yeah, suit <laughs> thing because he doesn't trust other players to um, socially distance and all this other stuff correctly, um, which is fair enough. Your own games for that. Um, and then I don't know if you've seen, but there's been a, a load more propaganda about Ben Simmons shooting from free, like there was last as always, season. Yeah. As always, that he's going to come back as an absolute lethal sniper and then takes three shots from three. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be um, the the one thing I've noticed with Ben Simmons as well. It's kind of and it's not it's not been common. It's, it's quite common, I should say, after the kind of the hiatus and the lockdown from a lot of sports is that a lot of players, especially young ones have come back and they've put on a lot of muscle. And Ben Simmons is one of the players that has definitely come back and bulked up. Not that he was kind of skinny and lanky beforehand, mm-hmm. but he, he's definitely put on some bulk, which would yeah. assume I, I'm reading into that, that it's kind of as well. One, it can only be a good thing in terms of him getting stronger for himself to, move away from those kind of lower back injuries. And if that's what he's doing, it's only going to help him in that, in that aspect. Um, but two, it could offer him kind of more, if he's, it, it, it could allow them to, to rock Ben more as a point guard that could really overturn someone or as a power forward, if they need to play him in that position and they want to move some, some pieces around. So I think that that's as always, whenever we talk about the Sixers is Embiid and Simmons, but I think that Simmons is the one that's going to be quite, Something to watch out for 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 this for this bringing this back. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to read too much into that personally. When I look at the Sixers and I see the lockdown, I think they're probably one of the teams. Not not the most. I I think there's a another one that benefited a lot more than everyone else that we're going to talk about later with the lockdown. But I think I think they are one of the teams that will benefit quite well from this period because. It mainly, as you said, talking about Embiid and Simmons, they have had that rest. And w- when you've seen the photos, as I said, I know I wasn't going to talk too much about Simmons bulking up, but it looks like Simmons and Embiid have looked after themselves in this in this period and have and have taken it seriously. And so I think that will aid them when they when they go to to play. Hopefully, they'll both be very healthy. The other thing is, as as we all know. Their the 76ers home record, <laughs> best in the league, and their away record, the worst in the league. It's going to be interesting to see how that translates to a neutral venue, whether that will help them or whether it won't. I think, personally, I think it with the seeding they've got, I think it will help them. Because, personally, I was really fearing for them if they had to play against a team who, who had home court advantage with their dismal away records. I think the neutral venue 
and the lockdown will be more beneficial to them than it will be to most other teams. I think, I mean, I agree with both of you. I think like the reset was a good thing for this team. They completely lost, like they didn't have any rhythm throughout the regular season. So it's best that it sort of shut down so they can sort of rebuild in this time. I think they need to force an identity onto this team because, you know, when the season started, I was actually quite high on the Sixers. I thought, I think they might have been my pick, uh, pick to come yeah, out. We, we were all high on the Sixers. Because they were doing something different, completely different. Mm. They were going big where everyone else was going small. But I don't I, I don't feel like they've really maximised that size to the fullest advantage. I think they should be the best defensive team in the league, and they're not. They're, you know, that, that goes to Milwaukee Bucks, who are obviously the top, the top team in the conference. Mm. They've got two genuine defensive player of the year caliber players, Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid. They've got Holford and Richardson, who are both really good defensive players as well. And you've got Matisse Fireball, he's a great defensive player as well. I would like to see them just go full, you know, 04 Pistons. Focus on <laughs> the defense, focus on like shutting down those stars, and hopefully you just get it, you know, you carry yourself over the line on the other end. I don't think it's the best way to go about things in this version of the NBA, but it's, I think it's the best way to maximize the roster that they have, basically. Yeah, so it's interesting. The other thing with the with the Sixers is the schedule of games. I think in their in the caliber of opponent, mm. they play the Raptors and they play the Rockets as the last two games of their roster of their schedule, I should say. But apart from that, they should be all winnable games. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks game you're going to be like you can swing either Chocolate, way on that yeah. one, but um, they should realistically be aiming to win all the rest. Like they should be beating the Spurs, the Wizards, uh, yeah, Magic. Yeah. I think that they will leapfrog the Indiana Pacers in terms of seeding anyway, because uh, as we'll get on to the Pacers, the Depot's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should, whoever is in sort of the higher ends of that Eastern Conference should be aiming for that third seed. So you can play, you can play the Pacers in the first round instead of playing, you know, the Heat or the, or the Sixers, because uh, that is a tough out in the first round. You don't want to be doing that in the first round. And I think, the Sixers, I'm not sure if they have enough games left to really make that up. But like you said, they've got some winnable fixtures in there. And um, uh, even though the seeding doesn't matter as much in terms of home court advantage, I think it matters in terms of the teams that you, you're you going to be playing in the first round, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I think I look at it more the other way around from the other team's perspectives and you don't really be wanting to play the Sixers first mm-hmm. so That's a good you know, make sure you, you're either winning your games and trying to come out the table or you, if they stay at the sixth seed you don't fall in that third position or fourth position because the Sixers are most likely going to be fifth or sixth they, they do present mismatches I think for a majority of those teams in that top mm. Eastern Conference and that's why they just need to use their size more because that can literally break a team, you know, a Boston Celtics. We've talked about their lack of a true center. I, d- I don't think any, I don't think anyone in the Eastern Conference can stop Jalen Bede if he's, you know, on it, but he's not on it enough. Mm. Yeah, consistency is definitely an issue for him, but that mm. is partly due to the, the injuries that he has had and will have, and hopefully this it, rest will, will give him I don't know. a, I a fresh start. I think there is not a matter of. I don't think he's a competitive 
you know person or if there's an attitude problem as such i just there's a difference i feel between yanis and jarl and bead if that makes sense in terms of i feel like yanis is that win at all costs with jarl and bead i don't feel as, as if it's much of a problem even though i did cry last time and they lost in the playoffs but uh I don't know. I just get a different vibe from the both of them. I feel like one of them takes things more seriously. No, I know what you mean. Um, but I mean, as again, the, the Sixers are expecting them to kind of move up this now, especially given if we'll move on to the 15 mm. Indiana Pacers without their main star moving into this now. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. the wind has been taken out of the sails a bit because I think if they would have come back into this and a fully fit Oladipo. I think they could have, you know, made themselves a bit of a problem. Uh, they could have yeah, agreed. Gone, up, gone up the seedings a bit. They could have maybe caused an upset in the playoffs. He was basically like an X-Factor. They had a good team already with Sabonis and Brogdon. They've been really good all season. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he just... Yeah, Turner's a nice team. player as well. Miles Turner, that's a good point. Great supporting cars as well. I'm not saying it's a bad team by any means, but Oladipo is, mm. you would say, the best player in that team at his peak anyway. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But if he's not there, I feel like on a star, you know, on a star basis, they just get overwhelmed by some of these, you know, the Celtics, the Heat, literally all of them. Um, yeah. So that that's unfortunate, and I do worry slightly about Oladipo's health and his, you know, his future if he's still trying to recover from this injury. It's been over a year now. Um, mm. He did play, and I'm and I'm starting to. He didn't really look the same player when he did play either, and the that worries me slightly. Yeah, I would, to be honest, I'd probably agree with Oladipo's decision to mm-hmm. to not play. I understand it because of the injury that he had. When I look at the Pacers, I generally have the same ideas as you, which is uh, they're, they're, they've got some good players. They're a good team, and I did think if Oladipo was playing, they would be a problem for people. Yeah. But now, now that it's confirmed Oladipo's out, yeah, I look back to the past few seasons and Indiana's been eliminated in the first round for the last few. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, it's probably going to be the same this year as well. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying it for definite because they do have a lot of good players, but I, I do think the, the rosters of the people above them who are most likely going to play them are just too much. What do you think about the speculation on the depot with the heat? I don't I, know. I haven't heard. I mean, I know. I know you said about sort of the betting odds being slashed or whatever. I hadn't heard any reports on it. I definitely Sorry. thought. Uh, I, I definitely thought that was an option. I think he's one of the big free agents next year. Obviously, there is a bigger free agent, but he's a great player. But on a basis of whether I'm going to give him a max contract, I want to see him next season, and I want to see he's the same player he was a couple of years ago, because. I mean, quite frankly, that, that guy was a great player, you know, that most improved player season. But I'm not sure that that quad injury is a really weird injury. And, you know, a big part of Oladipo's game is that explosiveness, that, that speed. And if he doesn't have that, he's a worse player. He just is. Mm. I mean, the, the, the majority of the speculation that for the past few months now with him approaching free agency was that the Knicks were going to try and acquire him then, that the Knicks were the, the favourites and the most spoken about for it and then potentially giving up assets a year before 
So but it would be pretty typical for the Knicks to kind of give up everything for only a year of Oladipo for them then to leave and then move on to something like the Miami Heat. So, um, but it's an interesting one. I think, uh, what was I going to say about I forgot what I was going to say. I lost my trailer thought. Something right. Like that. Let's just move on to the Miami Heat. I think they were spoken about the paces enough. I think it's a, I mean, moving with the, with the Heat, so going in there for 41-24 record. Um, it's quite an exciting time for the Heat now, especially if you're if you're a Miami Heat mm. fan and you're looking at it not just for this season, but for next season as well. And obviously they're very much in the running to try and get Yanis in that in that bumper free agency season when he when he when he eventually goes there. But I think that right now I don't think that they I wouldn't consider them a title contender or threat, would you? No, I think they could pose a problem for people. For me, the main the main thing about the Heat now is with all the with all the young players they have, and, and now obviously Butler's going to be fully rested and healthy. You want to you want to prove, and this is just looking at the Yanis free agency. You want to prove that you have what it takes. Where if he was to come into your team, he would be confident that you could get to you could get out of the East. And I think that's what this. I think that was what this is for them the main thing to prove i feel quite confident actually that they're going to be one of the better teams in those you know eight or so regular season games that we have left because mm. the majority oh, of their team gets there at three in the morning yeah. mate Sorry? Thought, jimmy butler's there at three in the morning yeah before there he's, awake. So he's, he's he just he was chuck, he was chucking up a couple of shots for seven hours before practice started so you know yeah that's a i mean that's part of my point is that uh you know the miami heat they retain this sort of you know, they're very strict in terms of their how their players are conditioned. Even in the off-season, you know, they get fined if they're putting their hands on their knees and stuff to try and recover. And a lot of their players are, are quite young. And I think what we've seen with the Premier League as well is that those younger players can get into the rhythm a little bit easier, you know, after spending that time off to start exercising that intensely again. I think they're more suited to do that, you know. Most yeah. of their players are twenty or most of their important players and you're all age twenty five or under. Yeah, the other thing I'd say about the Heat, which is a point to note, is similar to the seventy sixers, but not as large a disparity as they have. The Heat had a very good home record. They were twenty seven and five mm. at home, but they were fourteen nineteen on the road. So that it's another thing to take into account and how that neutral venue will affect them. And personally I think we've had the the thing I think of is whilst when looking at those stats, I think to myself, it might affect them adversely. When I think of the players they have, and for example, a guy like Jimmy Butler and his mindset, I, uh, and these young players who should be really hungry, mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I, I I just go against it. And I don't think it will. I think they'll be fine with the neutral venue. I mean, the, I mean, look, they're twelve games behind the Bucks, right? Massive gap, but. From the stuff that I've seen here, the Heat have gone two and zero against the Bucks this season, and then against the fellow kind of top tier East teams, the Pacers, the Sixers, and the Raptors, they're seven and one on that against. Yeah, them. which is which is so, why I do think they'll cause a problem. I don't yeah, think they're title I, contenders, as you said as well, but I do think they'll cause a problem. I think it's a they're a dark horse team because Jimmy Butler mm. is in the prime of his career now. Andre Iguodala's in win mode. Right, it's not jump two ways about it. So Jimmy Butler's always in win mode anyway. But um and then 
like Louis said, with the kind of the young players like Hero, Adebayo, Nunn and Robinson. I mean, Robinson's 26, but um, with those younger players, that could, you know, there could be a bit of, there, there, there is a little something there. And if they were a dark horse and they did, and they did upset one of those bigger teams, quote unquote, that you're kind of expecting to get there more than the Heat, I wouldn't be that surprised. So, I personally expect either Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics to face the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Those would be my. I, I can't decide between the two, because what a lot will say about the you know the heat with their young players is the same with the Celtics. I just think that the Celtics have a slightly higher talent level. Not the, yeah. you know, they've got a couple more players. You know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba. I think mm. that they have a higher offensive. So, you know, those guys average twenty points this season, whereas with the Miami Heat, it's more like. More well-rounded, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it all depends on seeding, though, because the way it mm. is at the moment, obviously the Heat, or, or with what you've just said, the Heat would be playing the Bucks before it got yeah. to the finals, so or the Eastern Conference well, finals. It all yeah. depends on Heat, and it all depends what type of team we're seeing when they come back. It, it could click, and it couldn't click. So yeah. you, you'll you'll tell, I think, for the the, the few regular season games, it'll almost be like a preseason for them the playoffs. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on from the Heat, so we'll, we'll talk about the Celtics now. So. Um, 43 wins, 21 losses, going into third in the seed here. What are your thoughts on the on the Celtics? Um, I'm I've been pretty high on the Celtics all year, to be honest. The the so, one thing for me Homer. is is Kemba gonna, how healthy is Kemba gonna be if if he's back and and the team is essentially that most of their best players are at full fitness, then I think they'll be fine. the The biggest worry for me is. We we talked about this a few a few episodes ago. Might might mean quite a few now, but it's most likely that they are going to be that third seed because they're kind of three games forward and three games back from the people around them, and that would mean at the moment it might not. After the games have been played out, they would be playing Philly. And whilst I was, I was we said we had said this matchup before, and I picked the Celtics, and part of that was Philly's terrible away away form yeah, now yeah. that that neutral ground's gone i would be uh, and looking at you know the traditional philly boston matchups of the past couple of seasons and how that's gone i would be quite worried as the boston celtics to be potentially playing the 76ers so you're kind of praying that the 76ers move away from that sixth seed yeah do you think jason tatum has what it takes to be the best player on a championship team absolutely i do i think you know, when you look at the sort of guys who have led their teams to championships in the last 10 or so years, you know, all the finals MVPs, basically, they're all wings. You know, the last mm. time you, a, a guard won the finals MVP was in 2007. That that was Tony Parker, by the way. So I feel like they're him, you know, with his size, with his skill set, he's a two-way, a fantastic two-way player. He can really, really shoot it. And we saw right before, again, before the league was suspended, I know, that he was really emerging as like a, a genuine go-to guy, whereas we hadn't really seen that before. We've yeah. seen flashes. You know, there was that great game against, you know, the Cavs in the, the playoffs in the last couple of years. But I feel like I, I'll be quite confident about that in the future. I'm not too sure. Not now. I don't yeah, think... that's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, it's too early for them right now. Yeah, he he has the potential to do it, but right now I'd be inclined to say no. Although one thing I would say is this team is absolutely loaded with talent. 
Yeah. You know, him, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus Gordon Smart. Hayward's a very good player, Mark Smart's a very good player. So I do think whilst he might not be, you know, that Yanis type player, the team around him is very good. I'm not sure what their best five is though. I think we had a discussion about this on a pod a pod during the regular season. I think it was a a quite spirited debate between you two on the quality of Golden Hayward for some reason. Uh, uh, it was more so because <laughs> we and George, it, it wasn't so much the starting five argument, it was more so because me and George had had conversations prior about Golden Hayward and I thought he was very harsh on him. And then in that podcast, he proceeded to not be as harsh <laughs> as he had been. So I just wanted to make that note. But yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure either. The one thing I will say, that's an interesting stat with the Celtics is just over 93% of their points this year have come from players six for eight or shorter. Hmm. So maybe, you know, we talk about the Rockets, maybe we see some small ball coming out from the Celtics. They do play, well, you know, you've got, you, who would they have out on the field, uh, floor? Uh, I mean, as, as a tall guy, they'd have Tyus as a five, yeah. who, who has played quite well, to be fair, and established yeah, he's, he's himself good. as their guy for the, for the centre position. They'd have... Hayward maybe at four. I mean, or Tatum Hayward at four. I don't know. I was I was just doing a little anecdote there. Yeah. I'm not I'm not confused. No, I mean, they could they go small ball though. So it's definitely yeah, they that. could. It's an option. It's, it's just where good. they're all their scoring is. I will say it's not probably a very good move against the Sixers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Embiid will have a, yeah. Embiid and Simmons will have a nice day that day. Anyway, let's move on from the Celtics and move it on to the second seed. So we've got the Toronto yeah. Raptors defending champions, 46-18 and 18 is their record. Um, obviously looking for a second straight title. Um, mm. And it's kind of when you're looking at their their teams, you've got Fred Van Vliet, Sergio Baca, Marc Gasol. They're all unrestricted free agents at the end of this yeah. season. Um, Carl Lowry's got one year left after his deal. So it's kind of like a, let's say a, a final, well, Potentially, it's a last hurrah. Well. Um, but this team is all going to be moved around Siakim and to the near future anyway. So um, I think that this is a pretty... I, I, don't, I expect the Raptors to be contenders, but I don't expect them to get out of the East. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I will say is I spoke earlier about teams that have benefited from the lockdown. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I actually think the Raptors are the team that will benefit the most from this resting period because every member of their rotation, apart from OG Ananobi, have missed significant time with injuries this season. Mm. So uh, with all them, and all of them should now with this rest period go into Orlando healthy. And it looks like they will be, they will be that second seed. And the last thing I'd say about them, because I don't have too much to say about the Raptors, because I said they'll most likely be the second seed. I, I don't think they'll be coming out of the East. The the main thing is it will give Van Vliet, Ibaka and Gasol maybe a time to show that they belong with the team or convince the Raptors to keep them. I don't know. I don't know what their mindset is at the moment. I I feel like they're going to go for a reset after the season. That's what I mm. think Masai Ujiri has been really wanting to do since he got there. Yeah. With the players he had, you know, he managed to throw a Hail Mary trade and get Kawhi Leonard. Um, what I find quite interesting when I was analysing this is that I know this team has won the championship. They've been in some really close game situations and like the biggest, you know, scenarios you can be in, in the NBA. But I do have questions, I think, of who would take that last shot. I'm not sure about you to um, say if things were getting close in a, a zesty game seven, perhaps like they were last year. Uh, they, I think they threw it to Kawhi last year. What's it going to be this year? 
probably Van Vliet, I'd say, if I had to pick mm. anyone. Oh. I mean, that's a lot to throw on him. Yeah, he, I mean, he did it a lot in in those playoff last series year. last year. He did. So I would, I, tr- I would trust him. I'd trust a few. I, I would trust quite a few of those players because of the playoff run they had last year and it seemed like a lot of them stepped up when needed. Would you trust Kyle? Lowry, to be exact. I mean, after last year, I'd be tempted to, yeah. I mean, look at his performance in that last game in the finals. He mm. was on fire when he came out for the for the start. Yeah, yeah the playoff Lowry memes kind of evaporate from they that. It yeah. I mean, if, if, the they win another, if, if they come out and they win another title, they'll probably be more looking likely to pay some of these players. But if not... Yeah, but that's cold. very unlikely. What if they get yeah. to the finals? Do you think... I don't they know. Won't no, I don't think. Wait, uh, finals or Eastern Conference finals? No, I'm just saying, but do you think they would... Uh, renewed some of these contracts. If yeah, yeah. Fi- the finals or Eastern Conference finals? Finals, sorry, the NBA finals. Oh, finals. I still don't think they would. Yeah, I don't think they would. I don't think they would either. I think he really wants to reset this. Anyway. Yeah, they might um, keep one. Potentially. But yeah, moving on to, yeah. the, to the top seeds, to the Bucks, 53 and 12. Uh, I mean, there's not much time left on this podcast, but there's also not much really that we need to say about these. Um, I'm expecting the the whole band here to kind of have been focused on the one mission, which is for them, obviously getting out of this conference and getting to the finals against one of the potential LA teams. So um, mm. I don't know if either of you think anything differently on that. Uh, I mean, personally, I do think the Bucks will be the team to get out of the East, I think. I expect even so looking even looking at you know how Yanis was able to be mitigated to a certain extent last last playoffs, I think the team is potentially, even though they lost a couple key players, better now than it was then because I don't know. It's just I, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a feeling. It's it's just, just a they feeling. They have got better. I, I, yeah, I, I just mean. think they've got better. I think. You know, we've talked a lot about the pressure that the organisation is under to, you know, get to the NBA finals this year, maybe win a championship to try and keep Yanis as he heads into free agency next year. But I think there will be a lot of pressure on Yanis as well to do that as an individual anyway, because we kind of gave him a bit of a free pass last year, you know, as his first real deep playoff run. But now Mm. if he doesn't win it, if he doesn't at least get to an NBA finals, people will be asking those questions that they asked, you know, Michael Jordan, Shaq, LeBron, it's like a lineage of all these guys and, you know, he will get there. He's going to win an NBA championship in his career. I can guarantee you that. But yeah. whether it's this year, I doubt it. But I think they'll make it out of the East, most definitely. Yeah, I would agree with you. The one thing I'd add to that as well is a little, a little stat here. The Bucks, the margin that they've been beating their opponents is that, or if they keep it up with these last few games, would be the fifth yeah. largest in NBA history. And the four teams above them, or the four teams that have done more than them, all won the championship. So... Mm. That, that's the pressure they're, yeah, that's the people they put themselves with and the pressure I they're mean, now yeah, under we're, we're, all de- we're all determine kind of what we're going to be expecting from this little sort of mini regular season pre-season yeah. to the playoffs so um, but that's, that, that's that's our thoughts on the teams that are going from the Eastern Conference into the hashtag NBA bubble um, make sure you follow <laughs> us on our socials we're on Twitter or on Instagram we are on Facebook at Swingman Pod uh, you can also check us out on www.swingmanpod.com I should say um, we're on Apple we're on we're on Spotify we're on all the major podcast platforms so um, if you could just drop us a review on there that would be absolutely fantastic so um but I'm going to leave us there. Make sure you stay, he- stay healthy. God, I can't speak on this. Mm-hmm. Getting out of this. Uh, make sure you stay healthy and we'll get you in the next one. Peace.